0: Uh, Holland with the Fifth Horseman, on the latest book, The New Mad How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation of the World at Large. You must check it out. Of course, all his great columns, UPI columns, got another one coming out too. We'll go over the aforementioned Dr. Harlan Allman. Always good to have you, and Happy New Year, sir. Jay, Happy
1: New Year. Always good to be you. Happy weekend.
0: Indeed. Um, so much going on. Where do we start? Let's start in Washington, right? I mean, how many more times are we going to hear the name Kevin McCarthy? Uh, Holland, as far, as far as the speaker's uh, post, uh, is there another name that will get bandied about? Is there a statement from Kevin McCarthy saying, you know what? I don't think it's going to happen here. I mean, at what point does somebody make a move within the GOP, if at all?
1: uh that is a magic question for which there's no answer uh jay um look a lot of people certainly democrats are looking at the republicans and laughing and saying look how established the republicans are and divided but the fact of the matter is this crisis is just as bad and it's a crisis as the january 6th riots were two years ago and the reason is because of the ridiculous rules and so one has to go back and read the constitution the ridiculous rules are that the House will not be in session until the Speaker is chosen to swear in all the members. Now, supposing heaven for fen there's another September eleventh like attack here tomorrow, or supposing there is some kind of a environmental disaster and catastrophe, a storm, so forth, where Congress needs to act. Congress cannot act. And so I argue in my piece, what is needed is an interim speaker who can take over. And so Congress can be in session until a permanent speaker is chosen, however long that takes. And I think people know in 1856, it took two months. Right now, could easily take that particularly long. And quite frankly, if the Constitution does not require the speaker to be a member of the House or even (laughs) an American, uh, you could probably elect if the Constitution says the House House choose, C-H-U-S-E, a speaker. And it doesn't even say that that could, has to be a person. It could be an idol or something. My point is that the Constitution does not specify how, when, or where this is going to be done. It doesn't say that a speaker has to be elected. It says chosen. And I think what as Congress fixed the Electoral Act of 1887, that helped precipitate the January 6th uh, riots because of how do you count the electoral votes? We've got to fix this. And an interim speaker is the issue. But Congress cannot be in session. The House of Representatives can't. Uh, Right now, the Senate is out of session. And while people look at this as perhaps uh, the ultimate uh, division among Republicans and not being able to come to grips with anything, as I said, the fact is that this is a crisis that's imposed by the Constitution. And the rules that uh, simply are not up to the 21st century, and the way we fix it is, let's have an interim speaker. It takes as long as it may take to take to get a permanent speaker.
0: But the fact of the matter is, we can't have you know, government. It's almost at it's the point. All and it's almost at the point. You know, put a guy like Jim Jordan in that place. You know, I mean, you know, you need a mediator here. when two sides can't come together guess what you go to arbitration in the world of sports you'll know what i'm talking about regarding salaries and everything else same thing in this type of deal put a guy like jim jordan in place till you can figure it out listen a lot of people love jordan anyway jordan is actually stopping for mccarthy yet his name has been bandied out in the first two rolls roll calls in the, the early balloting yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why not sorry, put a guy sorry. like jordan in place so the, the
1: answer is very simple. It's 218, 218, the number of votes that are necessary. And now you have 20 out of 222 Republicans who are preventing that from happening. Jordan may not get and would not get 218 votes. And so we're back to square one. Uh, this is the issue. And people say, look, uh, we support the 20 uh, <laughs> extreme Members of the House who don't want to vote for McCarthy because they want to change everything. Well, in a democracy, if the majority vote counts and 90 or 95% of the particular cohort want to do something, why should they be held hostage by the 5 or 10%? This is the equivalent to the filibuster in the Senate, where one person can hold up the work of the Senate. And so, unfortunately, We're stuck with the arcane rules, and the fact of the matter is, government cannot work if there's a crisis. uh, It's not prepared to do anything. That's why an interim speaker is certainly needed. And the fact of the matter is that this is another sign that the Constitution is imperfect and needs to be fixed.
0: Talking with Dr. Ullman, apparently your dog agrees with me, I think. But, you know, here's Ardini, the thing.
1: we is in full agreement with everything I just said.
0: <laughs> exactly. But here's the thing, I'll ask you this. Who is yeah. the leader right now of the Republican Party, holland Olman.
1: Well, tentatively, the leader is Donald Trump. Uh, but, of course, Trump has uh, supported McCarthy. But the fact is that has that not big, but it didn't make much of a difference. And I think it just shows that Trump uh, is less powerful than people think he is. But the fact of the matter, this is, a, this is something that's got to be resolved by the House of Representatives and all 222 members of the uh, Republican Party. And for the time being, the issue is deadlocked. Look, this is a battle <laughs> between and among principle, expediency. And stalemate, and the problem is that in the American system, principle always loses or so almost always lose. and when you have expediency battling uh, deadlock, you're ended. You end up with deadlock, and that's where we are for the time being. Now, this is a flaw in the Constitution, and it's got to be fixed. And I hope that people take that to heart and as i said as we fix the electoral act of 1887 the way we do this is we have an interim speaker could even be a democrat there's no problem why that's not why why that can't be done but the fact is we need a functioning government Uh, we can go on obviously for a week or even two weeks but the fact of the matter is supposing a huge crisis unfolds where we need active house of representatives we don't have one and so the solution, I think, is
0: an interim speaker. You imagine Trump. And listen, Matt Gates thinks Donald Trump should be the speaker. At least that's what he sounded off when it was his turn to vote. Sure. Uh, so, you know, there you go. But in essence, Trump wants McCarthy. You know?
1: Do we get to well, a point... Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. He says he does, but yeah. no one really knows.
0: Do He's we get to a point... Sport. Holland, do we get to a point where Democrats might be asked to come out to the other side as far as if we if more concessions are thrown in play? Is that possibly in the playbook if things don't get resolved? Do we do we see pitches going to Democrats to try and get their vote? I
1: think that's very. I think it's very unlikely, Jake. that virtually anything is in the cards. You could have this stalemate going for six months. I mean, if both sides are so recalcitrant that they're not going to give in, as I said in 1856, and won for two months. And the fact is that you have 20 members who are not going to give in. You have 201 or 202 members who are not going to give in. There's no obvious candidate. You mentioned Jim Jordan. But he and Steve Stelis, uh have both said they're going to support McCarthy. And quite frankly, I don't see how the supporters of McCarthy, who are in the super, super majority, are going to be able to give in to the other side, because quite frankly, much of what the other side is unreasonable. Now, McCarthy has come up as of yesterday with a signed letter of all the things he's prepared to do, whether he's giving away and making too many concessions, remain to be seen. But if one person in his party uh, decides to oppose the Speaker and call for a new Speaker, is it possible that this could happen again if McCarthy is thrown out? Uh, having accepted these concessions to become Speaker, he now also accepts certain ticking ticking time bombs that if they explode, will become politically disastrous. And all of this is possible. Your point about the Democrats, uh, I don't think it's likely, <laughs> but anything is possible, given that the Constitution is all the Constitution says is the House of Representatives shall choose, C-H-U-S-E, choose a speaker. Period. It says nothing more than that. And so those ambiguities are what are causing the crisis right now.
0: And so you make reference to what happened 100 years ago. Uh, you have an agenda right now that's critical. In uh, many a mind out there, and that is to get to the business at hand, whether it be the border or other practices by this ongoing administration. You also have a massive election coming up in two years. This does not help the cause in any way, as far as the Republican Party is concerned. So, in essence, it would do. It would be to everyone's benefit to have a solution sooner. Rather than this thing going on for months and months and months, because how are you supposed to attack anything on an agenda that is jam packed right now? Jam packed. I mean, you have control of the House of Representatives. Get a leader in. There is a plethora of things to kind of go on, as far as the list is concerned. And you know, some sometimes I think people are getting frustrated with that all.
1: Uh, Jay, (laughs) everything you said, irrespective of one is a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent, is absolutely correct. And from abroad, the United States looks like a laughingstock. You know, people say this is the greatest country in the world. We can't even elect the Speaker of the House of Representatives. (laughs) And so the joke (laughs) is far more serious than being a joke. And you're absolutely right. If this plays out for an extended period, this will, this will damage very heavily Republican chances in 2024 because having narrow, narrowly won the House, the Republicans are showing they can't go. And believe me, this will be used by the Democrats in 2024 to their advantage because, quite frankly, you know the next vote and the next vote and the next vote of uh, the New Yorker, Hakeem Jeffries, is going to get 212. He's going to get every single Democratic vote every single time. Whether you like that or not, it shows that the Democrats are disciplined and organized and that the Republicans are not. But the larger issue here, Jay, is that this is a political crisis that people have to understand. And if something were to go awry, if the House of Representatives was needed to act, it cannot. And that's damaging to the nation. That has got to be fixed. And I argue that an interim speaker is the way to do that, which would then enable the other political the political party that cannot agree on a speaker to have the time to do so, which is the only way we're going to be able to keep the
0: government going. Uh, and I'll tell you, in contrast, you know, you, you look at the Pelosi years and everything else. Uh, listen, she had a majority as slender as Kevin McCarthy's and her own faction. Uh, of hardliners in the form, you know, the squad and, and uh, other areas as well, and and she's had some uh, very tumultuous times as far as the, the legislative process, but you know, the one thing with Pelosi, and I, I hate to give her any credit, but she maintained her sense of authority. I mean, really? Uh, listen, did anyone try and humiliate that woman, when you think about it? on her On her own side? And the answer is really no. So you you hate to shed light on that, but you have to.
1: Look, you're absolutely right. Whether whether you like Pelosi or not, and whether you agree with her policies or or her actions or you don't, she was an enormously Speaker of the House. She got legislation through, whether you like it or not, with a very, very small majority. And she's a textbook case of how an effective speaker works, irrespective of whether you support or disapprove of policy. The Republicans would pay virtually anything to be able to enjoy having a speaker who has that degree of discipline and effectiveness. And in the future, as the politics cool down, Nancy Pelosi will be regarded as one of the great speakers of the House of Representatives, which will be very distasteful to many Republicans. But the fact of the matter is, she has been extremely effective and is, as I said, a model for how a speaker can govern under very, very difficult and tumultuous times.
0: To Holland Ullman with with us let's uh, go to another area of concern and that's the border uh where I consider it uh kind of the top of the charts concern uh these days with all that's going on the president of the United States actually is going to make an appearance Uh, Maybe today, I think in El Paso, um, Holland, we'll see. But, uh, you know, supposedly uh, he is going to somehow uh, make a couple of uh, conciliatory type moves, so to speak. Title 42 and whatnot. Listen, I'll believe it when I see it officially. But your take as far as Joe Biden on what he could accomplish down at that border.
1: I think the way that you have to look at a political sense of the border is that the border was politically radioactive. And from a very, very harsh perspective in the White House, that it was politically less dangerous to stay as far away from the border as possible So you don't become contaminated with the radioactivity, given the fact that we have no way of fixing the border, because Congress cannot come to any kind of agreement on immigration, and hasn't for years and years and years. And so the White House probably made, and I can't prove this, but I think the logic is correct, the very, very harsh determination that the least damage could be done politically was by staying clear of the border as far as possible and giving responsibility to the vice president to shield the presidency. Now Biden has no choice. The border is a disaster. The radiation has spread to Washington and to the White House. And so in a time that the Republicans are in complete disarray, politically, this is the best time for the president to, to go down to the border, because no matter how harshly the Republicans will criticize And in some cases, rightly so, Biden seemingly ignoring the border situation because they can't choose a speaker that will mitigate the damage. One has to look at this in the most cynical way, Jay. But that's the explanation Biden felt, given that Congress was deadlocked and is likely to be deadlocked, stay away because the border can only be damaged. And I think in that assessment, sadly, he's correct because it shows we still have a failed and failing government that can't address basic issues like immigration. That's the problem.
0: So is uh, you're planning to parole up to 30000 a month to resign and work legally in this country, that comes out to what wow, 360000 for the year. Uh, listen, we all know that these individuals are never, ever going to return home. And listen, uh Yeah, they'll be vetted. Just like what happened in Afghanistan, right, with the parolees there. They were vetted to the point, and we all know what happened as far as that's concerned. They were never. So, you know, to me, this whole thing is an absolute sham. Uh, He's getting such feedback on the negative side of things that he at least has to attempt something here. But we all know that it will not be put into full view as far as accomplishment is concerned.
1: Jay, look, you're absolutely right. You cannot condemn you cannot condemn the border problem sufficiently. This is a national outrage. But in the harsh light of cynical politics, Congress is not going to make it any better because deadlock. And so you're a president, Republican, or Democrat. What do you do? You want to minimize damage, and you stay away. And as long as the Republicans are on fire, so to speak, in a negative sense, this is an opportunity to do the least damage to yourself. This is the best time to go down to the border because you're going to be protected by the chaos in Washington. And it just shows you how badly the political system is broken. And look, this whole Title 42. Title 42 comes out of... 1944 uh, regulation that says for medical purposes you can control border. That makes real sense, except that no longer applies. But the fact of the matter is that any administration does not have sufficient tools unless you can get Congress to pass immigration law. And Congress is incapable to do that. So put yourself in the position of the White House. If you were President, Jay, what could you do today that would make a big difference? And the answer is without Congress, and and Congress now doesn't work because of the House of Representatives' failure to choose a speaker, you have no option. So you want to minimize political debt. And what the result is, the border is not going to get fixed, that is going to keep on coming across, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be no change because the country is incapable of imposing the laws that are needed to fix the border.
0: Unless you hope the Supreme Court will finally issue some sort of a ruling putting an end to the rampant abuse of parole. Uh, Listen, we're coming down to the fact of these states right now, you know, you're going to have massive lawsuits. The way I see it, Harlem, massive lawsuits against this administration. And they're going to persuade the courts to put a halt to to these types of schemes. I mean, really, I don't see any other way here. And that's why you only hope Roberts and the Supreme Court come to their senses in the next couple of months, putting a halt to Title 42 and enact something of permanency as far as it what's going on here. I mean, that's the only way I see out of this. Well,
1: you, you may be right that it's up to the Supreme Court, but the Constitution was never based on the Supreme Court governing the country. In fact, declaring a law as unconstitutional is not mentioned in the Constitution. It goes back to Marbury versus Madison and then uh, Chief Justice. But the fact of the matter is the Supreme Court is not the solution. The solution is Congress being able to pass necessary legislation to fix the border. As long as Congress cannot do that, this border will be a gaping sore and I will guarantee you that six months or a year from now, the situation will be worse, not better, because no president without congressional action can improve things. That's where we are right now. That is the harsh reality. And politics will play out. But it applies in lots of other things. Look, Congress passed a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill last December that nobody read and nobody understood. How do you send a representative to Congress who is not doing his or her duty. Yet that's the way that Congress operates. And so, unfortunately, uh, as I argue in my book, The Fifth Horseman and Massive Attacks of Disruption, the greatest disruptive force, or I should say the most dangerous disruptive force in America today, is a failed and failing government. It's not going to fix the border. It will take time, I suspect, to fix you choose a speaker which is going to be damaging to the country, but we can't deal with the debt. We can't deal with the debt ceiling. We're having difficulties with the economy. You name all these issues that need to be approached. And the country, in many ways, is getting failing grades because government, which is riven by partisanship and division, cannot come together with civility and compromise. And so, my conclusion is government is broken this country is not going to implode, but nor are there going to be many, many happy endings until we can come to some way of reconciling these huge political differences between Republicans and Democrats that cannot be solved through compromise or with civil action. And unfortunately, depending upon the Supreme Court, as you suggest, and that may well be the final outcome, is no way to govern. The Supreme Court is not capable of governing this country and if you left every tough solution to them, all you're going to get is more chaos and uncertainty in where this country is headed.
0: Well, we always said the Supreme Court should be readers of the law and not writers of the law. Uh, they have no business doing what they did back in June, Roe v. Wade. So who knows? Everything is in a state of flux right now. And I'll tell you this, that omnibus bill is an absolute travesty, especially when we talk border. I mean, listen. As I have stated over the last couple of days, $410 million plus are dedicated to the Middle East as far as water security there, for countries like Tunisia, Egypt, uh, Jordan, Lebanon. Come on. Absolutely, absolute lunacy. Absolute you cannot, lunacy. You cannot, you cannot criticize
1: the omnibus bill sufficiently in terms of the waste fraud and abuse it's going to cause the way it was done. And I will say the most positive aspect of that particular bill is that at the service academy, West Point, the Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, and Coast Guard Academy, it's football players, if they're drafted by the National Football League, do not have to enter active service. They can play football if they're drafted and then begin their service. So can you imagine 32-year-old Ensign Lieutenant Oliver having just played for the New York Jets, rejoining the military? Uh... That is part of the omnibus bill that just, I think, is a, a sarcastic way of reinforcing the idiocy that has gone into fashioning how we're spending $1.7 trillion.
0: Borders, we're more concerned about border security overseas. Makes no sense. Really doesn't. Of course. And you're absolutely right. Complete, uh, complete lunacy. By the way, Holland's got a great piece coming out next week. The House shall choose, CHUSE. Their speaker, and that's coming out on the tenth. Where can folks find that, Holland?
1: It'll be published. It'll be published in the Hill. It might be out as early as today. Uh, we were waiting to see if the House can make uh, a, an election, even if it were to choose a speaker today. This potential, this not this potential, this flaw has got to be corrected, and it can easily be corrected, as I said, by having an interim speaker. But also, Congress can be corrected if every member, before he or she votes on a bill, swears or affirms that they have read and understood the bill, which would mean that bills would be much shorter, there'd be more time to read them, and they would be written in simple English that both politicians and the public can understand. Because if anybody, if you take a look at the $1.7 trillion bill, it's not written in any kind of English that an American can understand, and that's just not right
0: with us uh, throughout the process of trying to find uh, the right individual uh, to man the House of Representatives, hard to believe. Um, is it's always a pleasure. The piece is fantastic, uh, and we look for everybody to read it next week or maybe even sooner. Uh, so we look forward to that, my friend. Good stuff. You stay well.
1: You too, Jay. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it all.